Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here, and I'm so privileged and honored to be among you this morning worshiping with you, and thank you for the online community tuning in. Uh, we've been in a sermon series, as you just saw in the intro video, and what I love about that video is it says at the end, Jesus says, follow me. So greatness, what does it take, begins with a desire to follow Jesus. You know, we're not out here to craft our own path, to chart our own course to greatness, which I think we all can be tempted to do at times, but it's really about following after the footsteps of greatness that Jesus laid down, the trail that he has blazed. And I believe this morning that God is at work. I believe he's at work in this place. You see, when we come together, it's kind of like a a scientific uh, concoction, you know, that creates a reaction. You have you have God and what who He is and what He's done as one ingredient. You have the Word and truth that is being presented, and through the worship, through the Bible, as another ingredient. And then the third ingredient, which is what we bring, are willing hearts. And you put those three together, and there's a chemical reaction, and God moves. And I believe in this place, God is ready to move, and he's moving among us, which is awesome. So what does it take? A willingness to lay down our own life and to follow Jesus, but it also takes another thing. I would say it takes an expectation for faith, an expectation for faith. That means an expectation that I'm going to step out with a degree of uncertainty, And those aren't just in the random, marginal things in our Christian life. That's actually an expectation. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what's faith? Faith is believing something and moving on that belief before you can see it or feel it or know how it plays out. So an expectation for faith. Not just it happens every now and then or in the big moments of life, but an expectation. This keeps coming back over and over again. If I'm honest, that's the difficulty of the Christian life. It's where the power is, but that's also kind of the difficulty. Those moments seem to keep coming. And the truth is, you can't be in two places at once. And God, when he's calling you there, you can't be here and there. You cannot be in two places at once. It's kind of like if you've ever... uh, in this time of year, you know, bodies of water, whether big lakes or, you know, little puddles, start to freeze. Have you ever passed a body of water, like a puddle or something, and you just feel this, this unres- irresistible urge to put your foot out and to, to see if the ice will break, to kind of test the ice? Well, I grew up next to a lake, and so I have a lot of experience with that. And you know, as the winter drags on, the ice gets more and more durable, so it doesn't break as easily. But there's this moment I'm going to describe it for you that I think you all understand. There's this moment when the ice seems pretty thick, and you have a foot in two different places, but you are only in one place. You have a a foot in two different locations, but you are dynamically only in one. Because as you test the ice, or as I used to do, throw rocks on the ice and they get increasingly bigger and harder to throw and then you end up regretting that you threw all those rocks out there because that doesn't look very good. 
There has to come a moment when you shift your weight from here to there. And you know when you've shifted because if it broke, your foot's going to get wet. Up until that point, you could, you could back out. But you know the moment when you transition your weight to there because if it breaks, you're going in. And this morning, I believe God wants to take us from here and put our weight on the there that God wants us to go. You can't be in two places at once, and it takes a step of faith. It takes a step before you know what it's going to be. You can't know what that's going to be like in totality until you're there. What I'm trying to say is you have to step out before you can step in. You have to step out of the here and step into the there. You have to step out in faith in order to step in to grace. We were all saved by grace through what? Faith. That means we made a decision to believe something we couldn't see or touch. And when we believed that, when we made that shift by faith, then we experience the grace of God in our lives. You have to step out in faith in order to step in to grace and the plan that God has for your life. And that takes something we call faith. So I want you to turn, if you have access to God's word this morning, why don't you turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And while you're turning there, I want to make mention of this, this card that you should have on your seat. So if you have this card, grab it. We're going to talk about it a little later in the message. It's kind of like a, looks like a menu, maybe. Like a nice sit-down restaurant. Just grab that menu for the good things God has for you. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment, but I just don't want you to lose that. Keep all that. So Romans chapter 12, Gospels, Acts, Romans, verses 1 and 2. It'll be on the screen as well. It says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so these two verses outline what I'm describing. Verse 1, if you look back at it, there's a lot in there, but the, the meat of it says, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know the terminology of sacrifice in the Old Testament? They would bring something dead to put on the altar to offer to the Lord. Well, God wants us to walk as living sacrifices, meaning living, breathing, willing, totally surrendered vessels to the Lord. See, when you offer yourself to the Lord as sacrifice, you don't die, you actually come alive. But a walking willingness to step out, a walking surrendered to follow the leading of the Lord. And if you're like me, that's kind of how all of us started in our Christian life. We truly got to a place where we decided and believed that God can run our life better than we can. 
that God's decisions and his plans for our life are actually better than ours. And that's kind of how we start out. But we can kind of lose sight of that and get comfortable kind of taking control again in our life. We feel the initial blessings of following God, but then we can kind of get back into coasting, get back into taking, taking back some of that authority, taking back a little bit of lordship of our life, and, and we stop stepping out. But Paul is saying, the author here, is to live as a sacrifice, as a continuous, willing, surrendered vessel to go where God says go, to stay where God says stay, in a firm belief that, man, you know, God, he knows better than I do at the end of the day. Notice how that happens, that verse comes before what happens in verse two. Again, there's a lot in verse two, but part of that toward the end is, you be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed so that you can what? Test and discern what is the will of God. Now this word, this test and a, that you may discern, is actually one word in the original languages in Greek. It's one word. And rather than like testing something, like we think of testing, like you can go to the bike shop and you know, test a bike before you buy it, you know, like spin the tires and, and get on it maybe and, and test it, and then you buy it. It's actually more of a like, test it after you've bought it. Like, experience what you have in your possession. Like, after you've purchased the bike, you go home and you ride it. What is this thing that I've now purchased? So that happens after we make ourselves a living sacrifice. So what I'm saying is, we experience the will of God in our life after we get to a place, place of total surrender. We step out in faith in order to step in to the will of God and experience that in our life. Another passage where this word for testing and discerning or approving what is the will of God comes in the Gospel of Luke. Turn a couple books back, Matthew, Mark, Luke. In chapter 14, the same word is used. Luke 14, verse 19. And Jesus is telling a parable. He's actually telling about how people are, a lot of people are invited to the banquet that Jesus, that God throws, but people have a lot of excuses why not to go. And in verse 19, one of them, he says, and another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. So I'm not gonna talk about how that fits into the parable, but merely identifying how this word is used. The word that we're looking at is the word examine. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. Before you buy things, you know what you're buying. And I'm guessing in this story, someone who buys oxen knows oxen. They know what they want. They know what they don't want. They know what they are. But notice what happens after he bought them. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. So after it's, they're purchased, after they're in his possession, then he says, hey, I'm going to go experience what I just purchased. I'm going to go see them. I don't know, maybe ride them. That's what I would do. <laughs> Touch them, see how they interact. I'm going to go examine them. I'm going to go test and approve or discern what it is I've just acquired. I think examine is a great word or experience. I'm actually going to experience it. And that same word 
is what Paul used when he says, be transformed. Give yourself a living sacrifice so that you may examine or experience the will of God for your life. So you wouldn't just have it in your mind. Or you wouldn't just have it as like a statement of faith that you check off on, that you'd actually have it to experience, to walk into. When you lean your weight on it, what is this like? What are the good plans that God has for me? I kind of think of it like a house. My wife and I, when we bought our house, you know, we, we took a tour through the house. We kind of, you know, knocked on some walls and kicked some stuff, make sure everything was okay. And so we had like a first taste of it, but a moment came and we were going to sign our name onto a loan and we were going to... Ha- it was going to be ours. We're going to make a commitment to this. And how strange would it be if once we made that commitment, the keys were handed to us, and we just went back to where we were living prior to that. And we drive by the house, be like, that's a great house. Look at that. Man, God has provided that. Man, love that house. Just drive by. Look, maybe, maybe we would stop and look in the windows. Man, I love this window. Man, you can see in so good. <laughs> It'd be kind of silly. The step I believe the Lord wants us to take is to step out from here and actually use the keys we've been given to step into the plans and the will that God has for us. See, what does that take when you get to the doorstep of this big house that's called the will of God for your life? Well, when you walk in, you take your shoes off, and the shoes kind of represent where you've been. Whether negatively, how could God ever receive me for who I've been or where the mud I've brought on my shoes, or you still take your shoes off if you think they're pretty squeaky clean. I won't get anything on this carpet. No, you still got to take your shoes off. You got to take your coat off, which represents an identity. This is who I am, and what if it gets cold in here? What, what if I need something else? No, you take your coat off. You come in. And you know the first thing you find in God's house is? You say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Here we go. What I need to do, you actually find a couch. God's like, man, why don't you just sit down? You're like, oh, man, I haven't sat down like this in a long time, maybe ever. You take a load off. Cease striving. Cease laboring. Say, man, just sit down. Rest. Rest in me. Turn off all the to-do lists and the the phone gadgets and stuff and just sit down. And you're like, wow. That feels good. After a couple days of sleeping on that couch. The Lord directs your attention in that house to a a treadmill. And you're like, what do I do with that? (laughs) God's like, you actually run on it. It helps strengthen you. And you say, that sounds hard. That sounds painful. God's like, well, it kind of is. But it's actually harder to go through life without it. So you might as well get on it now. Where you build up your strength, you build up your spiritual muscles. Where you get in God's word. You separate time to be in his presence. You separate time to be in his word and in prayer. And let God build your muscles, your spiritual stamina, and your strength. And then you see another room over there. I'll check out that room. You walk in, it's kind of like a, a, house, a room full of mirrors. And when you walk in front of one, instead of like distorting your body like at like a circus or something where it makes you look really big or really tall and skinny, it actually changes so that you actually look better. And you look in one of these mirrors and you say, this is me, it looks I'm totally redeemed, totally perfect. Every stain wiped away, every sin blotted out, totally forgiven, totally loved. And you say, what is this? 
And then you look over at another mirror and it shows you totally healed with all of the, the sickness and the chronic pain and all of the things that burden our life, all the bitterness, gone. You say, what kind of fun house is this? And you look out and it actually says, this is the room of faith. Seeing how God sees you. Seeing the plans he wants to accomplish in your life. You've got another mirror and you say, whoa, I look totally delivered, totally set free from this addiction, from this bondage. This is what I look like. And you have a choice to believe if that's true or if the image you have in your mind is true. That's the room of faith that we all have to frequent. You know, God's word says in James that the foolish man is the guy that looks at his reflection in the word of God and then puts it down and forgets what he looks like and instead picks up an image that he has crafted for himself or what he's been told. But you leave the room of faith, you're like, I gotta, I gotta think about that for a little bit. <laughs> I might go back there. And God actually leads you into the garage with like a workbench and an office. He's like, I actually have work for you to do. You're like, what do you mean you have work for me to do? He's like, yeah, because actually you're not the only one that lives here. You actually have a whole family, brothers and sisters, a family that actually I've invited into this house as well, and I need you to actually to help out because it works best when everyone's chipping in. You say, well, God, I don't, I don't know anybody. I actually feel kind of isolated. I actually feel kind of alone, so maybe I'll go to this room last. And God actually says, no, the thing that's actually keeping you in isolation is not coming to this room enough. See, the friends and the community that you're actually craving are the people you're gonna rub shoulders with as you take up that coffee cup and hand it out to people. Actually, there's a sign there that I want you to open the door Sunday mornings and hold it and greet people with a smile. See that lanyard over there? Why don't you put that lanyard on and help people find their seats as an usher Sunday mornings? And there's actually a great energetic, I mean, if you're looking for friends, there's at least 30 kids on the third floor right now that would love to be your friend. <laughs> We'd love to put some pep in your step. We'd love to bring a smile to your face on the kids' ministry. And there's a youth group on Wednesday nights that those kids are looking for people to look up to and to pour into them. No, this room is actually the room that I've designed for you so you can get involved and be a part of what's going on here. In each of those steps, it takes a stepping out in faith to step into the grace that God has for us. And I believe God wants to take us all there. But we have to leave here first. We're going to show a video of a, a member of our church who has frequented this garage of serving. <laughs> Let's listen to him. Hey, Freedom Church. Pastor Jared here with an awesome member of our church, Drew Cameron. And as you know, we've been in a sermon series talking about greatness and what it takes, seeing how Jesus really uh, references greatness with serving. And so we have a server among us. I'm sure you recognize him, but Drew, why don't you just introduce yourself to the Freedom family, kind of tell who you are and how long you've been coming to church. Yeah, thanks, Jared. I, uh, my name's Drew Kamrath. Uh, been coming to Freedom for about six years now. Um, been serving for at least four to five of those years now. Um, been working especially with tech team and connect groups has been my two main uh, areas of focus of volunteering. So how did you get into those areas? What was the, why did you want to get involved and how did you get involved in those areas? Uh, on the connect group side, I've, uh, especially ever since graduating high school, um, being involved in 
ministries and connect groups, well, or Bible studies, I guess, whatever you want to call them there. But um, been involved with those uh, ever since being a freshman in college, getting to see some fantastic or meet some fantastic mentors and just really have them build my life up. Um, and so as soon as we came here, we wanted to just get connected to a connect group right away. Mm. Um, dove into that within our first couple of weeks of attending Freedom Church. Right. Um, had some great other couples that led us, and then now we've even come to the point that we've been leading a few other uh, groups, or been leading the Young Married Couples group. Yeah, and a shout out to that one, but <laughs> also in college, I was actually working with the tech team at one of the churches there that I attended, uh, Prairie Heights, down in Fargo, for those that are familiar. But uh, been able, I was able to do the film stuff for them, and so it was just kind of a natural switch once I heard that we were going to start recording services. It was like, oh, hey, I've done this for a couple of years. Like, I have some good experience. Let me jump in and uh, just see if I can help get this ministry off the ground. And it's been so cool to see it go from that to having one camera and Jack in the sound booth all the way to now we have our separate closet. We have multiple cameras. We have a, a full team of volunteers. Um, there's been so many cool things that I've gotten to see happen there. And it's exciting. It came in very clutch for COVID. Yes. Good stuff. Very exciting. So, I mean, can you even envision what it would even be like for you to be a part of church without being involved or what your your relationship with the Lord would look like without that element. So yeah, it's hard to picture what that yeah. would be like. I mean, as you even, I guess with my walk with the Lord, it would be, uh, I feel like there would be a lot less um, intentionality behind it. Um, mm -hmm. Just cause you can, it's so much, it's so easy to just walk in a door on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's another thing to be able to be intentional and like try to actively be serving other people. And yeah. to, do you find that to be equipping, training, challenging for you, just to kind of grow you in your walk? I can have struggles with like being empathetic and being like, or just like having some of that like mm -hmm. interpersonal connection. And so being part of like these leadership teams that can really help kind of stretch me and grow me to mm -hmm. see things from other, other people's perspectives and to be able to understand where they're coming from and that just really help, help build them up where they're at and have yeah. them kind of teach me things along the way too. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, so what would you say to somebody that Maybe it's thinking about getting involved or, or thinking about uh, taking the plunge into a serving opportunity, but hasn't done that yet. What would you say to them? I, uh, I don't want to infringe on any copyrights, I guess, with this one, but I would say just do it. Um, there's dozens and dozens of opportunities. You maybe could list them better than I could, but so many places to get connected, uh, early service, late service, outside of service, um, whether it be even just, you know, we, we talked about connect with everything else. I mean, there's, there's so many places to get connected. Um, you can definitely, I mean, you can reach out with any of the people that are leading the leading the different teams. Um, I'll pitch yeah. out tech team. We're always looking for more camera ops. <laughs> uh, yeah, just always looking for more people that can help out with connect groups and coffee and worship team and everything else. There's oh. so many places to reach out. Um, the spirit gives gifts. Um, I'm sure you can find one that lines up with what you're doing. Yeah, amen. That's so good. Well, as Drew said, you can have a whole list of, of things given to you, lists of serving opportunities. You go to the next steps table after the service. Or you can go on our website, hellofreedomchurch.com, and find a list, and we'd love to get you involved. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Appreciate it. Sir. <laughs> sir. Thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> love that. Just do it. Just do it. So now I would like you to take out this card. Like everyone just to grab it. Fill it out. So I feel like this sermon series has done a good job of, of articulating what there would look like. Last week, it was about the refreshing nature of serving. In weeks past, just about the growing in your faith. Today, just discipling, equipping 
finding just the plan that God has for you, but there comes a moment, I believe this is today, where we just have to just do it. Just take a step. And so this card is going to ask you for some basic information, and then there's just a whole list of stuff. Freedom Kids, Freedom Youth, the slides team that puts up videos like that. They're in the sound booth clicking through the worship slides. How many of you are thankful that we have words to the worship songs? Yeah. If you want to be that person, that's the slides team. There's maintenance projects. We have painting, carpentry, all sorts of stuff on this, this little handout. And filling this out doesn't necessarily commit you. You're not signing in blood. But this is an effort to leave here. This is an effort to do something different, to shift your weight, to go into a direction. Filling this card out is an effort to move, to make movement. And I would like everybody to fill this out, if you can. I know this might not apply to everybody. I know there's a lot of people here that have a serving opportunity, that have a, a spot here. And so if you have a spot and you're good and you feel good about that, you don't need to burden yourself and add a whole bunch of stuff. But maybe this morning for you, maybe a step of leaving here is when we close in this worship song, which I'll have the band come up if you guys want to come up. Maybe leaving means for you lifting your hands in worship. And say, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what will happen to me. You know what? I don't know either. But I've only seen good things. When the Spirit just brings worship to you and you can li lift your arms. That's leaving here. That's leaving here and pursuing something. Or maybe while we close in this worship song, this stage, this altar, is available for you to come and just to kneel. You know, when you come before the stage and do this, it doesn't mean God loves you more doesn't mean God wants better things for your life, but it is kind of a posture of saying, okay, God, I'm all in. What's going to happen if I go to the front and people see me and I kneel down? You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what faith is. Maybe it's just a posture that is your next step to say, God, here I am, Lord. Take all of me, a living sacrifice. Maybe there's something specific on your heart. God is saying, I want you to leave this because here is in the way of there. Maybe for you at the total end of the service, we'll have our altar team come forward, not at this time, but they'll come forward. Maybe it's time to talk with somebody. Actually get some prayer in that situation, in that relationship. To cut, talk to another person, I gotta leave here, I gotta, I gotta take a step out. And I don't, what's gonna happen if I talk to somebody else about my problems or my prayer requests? What's gonna happen? I don't know what's gonna happen. But I believe good things will happen. By faith, I believe God has given a bigger open door to work in your life. We have to step out before we can step in. I believe God has a moment for us now to take that step in whatever way it makes sense, whether filling this out, worshiping, coming forward for prayer, or something else God's putting on your heart. So let's pray together. And just in the quietness of your own heart, maybe you know what there looks like and you don't know why you're not there. You don't know why it's dry. You don't know why it just feels mechanical. You don't know why God seems so far away. But in this moment, I'm asking you to ask God, say, where am I? I can't be in two places at once. Where am I putting my weight? I have two feet in two different locations, but where am I really? 
Ask God to reveal to you the here that he wants you to leave. Maybe a, a comfort zone, a safety bubble. Might leave a, a fear or a bitterness behind. Or an identity. Or this is the way it always is and will be. To leave something behind. And to respond to his invitation today. To take a step. Father, you have provided for us, it, through your son, Jesus Christ, a mansion. Not just a little shack, but a mansion. And Father, here this morning, we all have yet to explore all that you have for us, Father. So for all of us here this morning, I pray you forgive us, Lord. God, we want to lay aside any hindrances. We want to lay aside, oh God, anything that gets in the way, Father. And we want to explore. We want to experience the will that you have for us. We want to experience your will. When you say you have good plans to prosper us, to give us life and life abundantly, we just want to know that or believe that. We want to experience that, Father. So we want to take a step this morning and walk in all that you have for us. Thank you, Father God. And we don't know what's going to happen, but we believe good things will happen. We believe it, and so we step. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand together and close? Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website, or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.